This podcast is brought to you by NeuroCreative Studio, the number one provider of one-to-one applied neuroscience coaching and development programs designed to enhance your creativity and effectiveness. Find out more at neurocreative.studio. You're listening to the Ambition Incubator podcast, and I'm your host, Deirdre Morrison. My thing is helping people understand how our brains work so that we can be better and do better in any area of life that's important to us. So as well as bite-sized brain science, I'll be bringing you interviews and advice from experts and guests who specialize in working with entrepreneurs and leaders to help them explore potential, possibilities, and ways to be more effective. And the best bit? We can start right now. Many of us have had our perceptions of fighter pilots formed in part, at least, by popular culture. And I can tell you that my conversation with today's guest is proof, if proof were needed, that the reality is often far superior to the fiction. Dom Tyke is a fighter pilot and an entrepreneur. So today we're discussing the edge that his flight training gives him and how you can apply that to your work. We discuss the difference between the perception of a solo operator in a single-seat fighter jet versus the reality of the tight-knit teams that make such operations possible and how this relates to building a business. We'll also delve into motivation and why we need to carefully analyze our notions of success. Dom, thank you for joining me um, because this is the first time I have had someone with, I think, as exotic a profession as fighter pilot on the show. So this this is very intriguing. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Deirdre. It's no worries. Um, I have to ask first and foremost, because I, I don't know an awful lot about the um, the high-flying world of, of fighter pilots. But uh, what I do see is that you've all got these really interesting nicknames for each other. Um, can you tell me a little bit about that? I mean, how do these come about and why do you all seem to have them? Yes, yeah, so they, they are maybe a haze or it's more of just a ritual, I, I think, at this point. But many fighter pilots, at least all the ones that I know, get some sort of call sign or nickname, um, like you alluded to, and that is something that I've found in very team-oriented, very close-knit mm. organizations. So I would, I'd be willing to bet that the Navy SEALs or any sort of special forces or, you know, police officers or, you know, even if you had a tight-knit, you know, close group of friends that you grew up with, they probably gave you a, a nickname that you didn't get to choose yourself. And um, more often than not, we get the nicknames um, when we do something stupid. And so in my case, um, <laughs> as a young guy, I had a very close pass with another uh, fighter jet and it was because I did something stupid and I broke a training rule ah. and uh, I almost hit another aircraft that I was, it was my instructor pilot and I was a, a young guy learning. So that, that was something that we, that we took back to the debrief, which we can talk about here in a little bit, but they said I tried to slice them in half. <laughs> Um, right. which also fit because I was in a, uh, I, I was living in Japan at the time and our, our squadron was the, uh, the samurai. So it kind of fit the, the ninja sword samurai, uh, motif that we had going on there. But yeah, it's not something that you get to choose yourself. Um, otherwise they would probably be a lot cooler. Uh, mm-hmm. uh but many times it's something that's given to you because you've done something, uh, that yeah. maybe wasn't the, the smartest. So it's maybe, um, more of a, I guess there's there's partly this um this is an in thing this is you're part of this in group but also this is keeping you humble this is reminding you of that yes. thing um so yeah. you, you can't really forget that you you are fallible 
Yep, exactly. And it's a, it's a little bit of a rite of passage. And, and like I said, it's a, a little bit of a haze, but once you're there, then, um, it's something that you've maybe learned and then subsequently earned. And, mm. uh, yeah, I've been called a lot of things in my, in my career. So I'm, I'm happy with slice. Yeah. Again, this, uh, this thing that you're doing, transferring the thinking skills, I guess, of being a fighter pilot to people who are trying to do other things like start businesses and so on. This to me is very interesting. Um, Now, when we were chatting before, you mentioned a couple of things that get pilots to mission completion. Can you just run us through those a little bit, please? Yeah. So I think the, the, the leverageable thing that I used from um, being a fighter pilot and then starting my own uh, businesses and, and how I, I used a lot of the skills that we learned there and applied them to other aspects of life. And it's not just, not just business, but um, that's, you know, what we can kind of apply this to right now is the, the, the three things that we look at are plan, execute and debrief. So Mm. um, within those three little chunks of information, um, you can either um, set yourself up for success and or failure. And that could be in the debrief phase, right? And fighter pilots I've found are very analytical, sometimes maybe over analytical. Um, During the debrief, we spend a lot of time uh, what we call looking at our tapes and figuring out what what we did during our flight um, so that we can um, avoid those failures and uh, maybe get to success or achieve mission completion quicker the next time or better, um, you know, higher, faster, stronger, right? So mm. plan, execute, debrief would be the, the things that I learned um, the most from. We can kind of dig into the pitfalls and common traps, but I would say the debriefing um, part of a mission is probably the most painful because you're going to see when you messed up. Mm. And, uh, you know, as it, as it, as you're learning that it is a learned behavior. It is something that you can teach yourself if you are um, either, if you're trying to protect your own ego, which I've done before, if you're not humble enough, if you, um, if you suck and you need to do better next time, that's where you're going to find out. So I think that's probably the most um, avoided, at least from my civilian experience as a flight instructor and, you know, uh, my work experience prior to being in the military. The debriefing portion was the the piece where uh, mm. you can miss a lot of those little golden nuggets for uh, how you're going to help yourself the next time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I know exactly what you mean, because it is easier to just keep trying and keep thinking, oh, well, this isn't, you know, I'm trying really hard, but it's not working. But it's not working yeah. because you're not learning the lesson from that last time around. Um, you know, we, we do have this tendency to want to defend our, our egos, basically, and not accept yeah. what it is that we need to see about ourselves. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how true it is, but I, I think I, I was reading something or I heard somewhere, and, and maybe you know more about this, but um, I think even individuals that have a very high emotional quotient and they, they have some, uh, the ability to kind of look at themselves and go, man, was I the one that messed that up and be able to question and, and ask themselves that even the people that have those very high, uh, states of, you know, being their own inner critic or being able to look at that and, and go, was that me? they can only really question maybe 5% of everything that they know on like the best day. And the point Hmm. being 
is that even the best of us, and I don't even know if that's true. The point is even the best of us um, cannot upend our whole life, even on the best day and go, Hey, what you've believed your whole life, you know what I'm saying? So like, you can't just change all of that in a day. So it does take time oh, and realize sure that it's in very, very, very small increments. It's probably more like myself, which is like a fraction of a percent to be able to change that much each day. And that's important because over time, those little, those little changes add up. Oh, they so do. And I totally agree with that. I mean, we would talk about, um, you know, neuroplasticity and so on and trying to change habits or to to look at things and do things a new way. And that does take time to um, adapt to and time to reinforce because it's not just the new thing that we're trying to learn. It's the old thing that's still there that we're trying to to work with as well and to um, to keep in check. Yeah. Mm. Exactly right. Now, the other thing that um, I'm finding intriguing about a lot of the stuff that you're talking about is this this idea that you know the the, the fighter pilot seems to be this solitary figure, and I, I guess this does have a sort of metaphoric connection for a lot of entrepreneurs who are out there and they're doing things on their own, and they might feel like they're very much on their own, but. What I am seeing as well with what you're doing is it's not just about that self-reliance, that ability to do things and take responsibility for them, but also the um, the connections and so on that go that go on on the ground and maybe in the air too. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So the the um, the piece that a lot of you know solopreneurs, new business owners, myself included. You'll have you'll have a an like an action mindset, right? So you, you have the mindset, um, and then the second step is to have a, a guide or a coach or a team, and then the third step is to take action. That's kind of the things that I I've like seen in my own life. Like, well, what drove me to do this? Mm-hmm. And I look back at when I was starting my um, apartment investing company, mm-hmm. and I had this mindset. I had been I had been reading books and studying about this for many years. I had taken some online courses, and now I had moved to a place where I could get the business going. And I just started taking action. And you know, we had talked about plan, execute, debrief. I kind of jumped straight into, you know, I had a soft plan, but it wasn't. I hadn't taken the time to really, really piece it together. Mm-hmm. Much of that comes from maybe not knowing what you don't know, um, but you can pick up a lot of that from having a team put together. Mm. Um, I think so. As I learned that, as I started executing, um, and my plan was um, maybe just leaning on some of the stuff that I already knew, which I think that probably a lot of entrepreneurs and new business owners do. They kind of leverage what they already know into their new business and they start getting on the job training. About 85% of the initial people that I hired to help me, whether that was an accountant, a CPA, uh, a foreman, a contractor, 85% of my team that I initially hired, um, I ended up letting go and rehiring the right people. So Mm. I think the lesson from that is I had a lot of pain points that as I was executing, I would debrief. And at the end of my week, I would look at how the week went and I would go, man, what are my pain points? Um, what are my pain points this week? What are just get what, you know, and then I would just sit there in silence and go, come on, let me, let me try to figure out what is giving me pain throughout the week and maybe preventing, you know, 
a better week or a better execution. And as I debriefed, I found that, you know, there was this person on the team that wasn't pulling their weight, or maybe I hired the wrong person. And I need to rehire somebody that has a specialty there. But the big thing being behind any successful business, behind any person, single person, there's a team that has mm-hmm. helped them get there. It's either a coach or a guide or a team, however you want to view it. And I think that was the the, the most important piece that I learned um, that you, if you've started out and you're an action taker like me, um, you know, I want to know enough to get going. And then I start taking action and I kind of learn along the way. I think a lot of people are wired that mm-hmm. that way. And I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Just start to learn very quickly as you debrief yourself. Where are my Achilles heels? Where am I going to have my missteps? And then start filling people into those, you know, put your, put your pride aside. Um, sometimes that's difficult. Be a little bit humble and say, I suck at this. Mm-hmm. I need to have somebody in that position. Um, and I need to build my team. And, th- and that may mean removing people from uh, your team as well, um, which I have found is much more difficult than hiring a new team member to help you in an area that you don't have help in removing somebody, especially if they're close, um, that can be a very, uh, painful experience. So plan, Mm -hmm. execute, debrief in the planning phase. Yes. Maybe, maybe just get going. You know, you need to have a business plan. You need to have some study and stuff behind that. But then as you're doing that, make sure that your team behind you, uh, is helping you out. And that kind of dovetails into, you know, as fighter pilots, we, yes, we are single seat fighter pilots. Some some of our fighter jets have a a guy in the back seat, but we are very team oriented. We very rarely take off and just go fly as one aircraft. We're typically mm-hmm. in two to four aircraft formations, and and usually many more. And we plan for that. And then in execution, we are um, even though we are in the jet by ourselves, we're executing and and then coming back and debriefing as a team. Mm. You know, I just want to pick up on something that you were talking about there a minute ago, because um, it echoes a couple of things for me. And, you know, you were you were talking about um, basically having the, I guess, the self-awareness to um, to to correct the mistakes and taking on the, the pain that goes with that. And one of my past guests, actually, one of the things that she said was that, you know, the work is in you. And really, if we're if we're doing things and we're not getting the results we want, then we we have to look inwards. And mm. there's another quote that came up, um, which is from the the Chinese philosopher Lao Tzu, and he said that in order to um, in order to be what you might be, you must uh, be ready to give up what you are. And that wow. I think for a lot of us is one of the things, isn't it, that we we are still holding on to this idea of what we currently are or what we should be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that if you do have those moments in life, you know, I unfortunately missed a lot of them. Um, but as you do kind of wake up and, and you start to let go of, of who you are and maybe go, Hey, you know, that we failed really, really bad on that business venture or that mission or whatever. Um, you know, cause I've started three businesses. One of them I turned off because the, the purpose wasn't you know, it was making money, but it was, it was maybe driving myself, my family, my wife, the wrong direction. Mm -hmm. Right. So just kind of, Mm -hmm. once I let go and, and, you know, just kind of looked at it from a different standpoint and said, well, and what am I doing this for? 
and I let go of that money and I let go of the other reasoning, um, mm. you know, that was a tough thing to do. And there were probably many, many more times in my life, I would say in probably the high 90 percentile of times where I didn't do that. And, yeah. and those painful times, um, I have found that if you don't run away from the pain and you actually examine it, that's where you're going to find a lot of your, your debriefing lessons. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I guess as well that, you know, what you're talking about there, that sort of alignment that, you know, okay, you can be making money, but you know, is this a, a representation of your values? Is it something that you value? What, what is going on there that this thing is driving you further away from where you want to be? And again, we come to expectations and shoulds as well. You know, it's uh, success is something that, um, you know, it it has such a sort of public face, but, you know, our, our private version of success might be something entirely different. Yeah, that is that is so true. And there were times where, you know, you 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 have your own story. And as you uh, you know, I, I call it the achievement hamster wheel where I was just I was a high achiever and people thought I was ex- a success. Right. They're looking from out. You know, they're looking at the the outer exterior of me and inside um, I was struggling because I hadn't defined what success was. I was just achieving a bunch of things. And and then when I define success, the problem with that trap is success is very me-oriented. And when you then achieve success, if you don't have something behind that to then re-put yourself into, to recommit to, you can kind of crash again. And so I think the the bigger lesson to that is is knowing that after you have success, what, what, as you're trying to define success, look deeper than that and say, what significance does that have to the world that's outside of me? And Mm -hmm. that's really where a lot of things took off for us. That's where we started, you know, single seat mindset was to give back to the, um, young fighter pilots to give stories back, to help them, to coach Mm -hmm. them. But then we started leveraging that into other avenues Mm. Um, we'll call them peak performers or success oriented people. And the reason why we have significance behind that. So yes, we, we are achieving success, but the significance behind is that we give all of the monetary proceeds from this business, single seat mindset to a children's cancer nonprofit. And we are giving old fighter pilot stories to the younger generation. And we're, we're just giving back. And so the, yes, as we are, uh, plotting this path, there's a lot of significance behind it because um, it's not about money. And that was a big thing for me, just taking the money off the plate um, because as business owners, you own a business to make money and to, to support, but that can't be the reason you do it. That's, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. setting yourself up for failure right off the bat. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100% agree with that. Um, it's, you know, this, there's also, I see a lot um, in people that I work with, you know, that they, they know that they want to do something. They know that they have, something to fulfill but some of the messages that we receive in the kind of business arena about you know what success is uh they they leave them cold they don't actually motivate them and it's when it gets to that stage like you're talking about now where it is bigger than yourself where it is something beyond you where it's making a contribution as opposed to just you know taking from the system that that's where people really kick into gear and they just start to skyrocket yeah, I have so many uh, painful <laughs> memories <laughs> of when that actually clicked in my brain and I started looking at, well, how do I leverage this business to 
maybe just, God forbid, give more back to the investors or give more back to other people. And that's where that is where all of the accelerated acceleration came from was mm-hmm. when you just look at that, like, how do I serve other people's or other people better? Mm-hmm. And then a lot of your answers will be answered right there with just that question. Maybe not initially, but um, if you take the time and, and think about it, they're they're hidden right right in front of your face. Yeah, sometimes it is a lot easier than we actually make it out to be. Yeah. Tom, this has been really fascinating and uh, I'm, I'm so pleased I've had the, the opportunity to talk to you. So thank you. Um, what I'd like to do now is to ask you to give people some pointers in terms of where they should go to find out more about what you're doing, because you're, you've got some really generous resources available and I'd love for people to be able to find those. Yep. So our, our launch pad is singleseatmindset.com. Um, there are all of our resources are right there. We have what's called the insider circle. Now um, we are, we're constantly growing. We now have a, as of this recording, over 40 fighter pilots on our, on our group uh, at singleseatmindset.com. So you're not just listening to boring old me. You get a bunch of different perspectives from uh, many other fighter pilots uh, in our group. So singleseatmindset.com. That is fantastic. Listen, thank you again so much. It has been a pleasure and I'll see you the other side. Thank you, Deirdre. You're still here? Great. Look, I know there's a lot to choose from out there, so thanks for flying with Ambition Incubator Airlines. And I look forward to seeing you on board again soon. Seriously, though, thank you for tuning in. My guests and I love hearing about what inspires you on the show and what advice has made a difference in your life or work and what you'd like more of. So get in touch. If you want to know about my other work, head over to ambitionincubator.com for details. And don't forget to hit subscribe for more great interviews, advice and bite-sized brain science every week. 